All right, Jeremy, what do we have today? Jim Hoft, founder of the Gateway Pundit. Oh, 25th anniversary guest. Okay, people, let's begin. Get up, everybody! We have liftoff! Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster Andrew Marcus. And with me always as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative in our image... His documentary filmmaker and podcaster, the one and only Rebel Pundit, Jeremy Siegel! That was good. I kept that one extra long for you. It wasn't as long as the other day, but it still <laughs> made me feel like I'm entering a wrestling ring. Oh, that was uh, in, in homage to the uh, Trump uh, event on CNN, which was also entering into a wrestling ring. It was. And he's been in the WWF before, hasn't he? Uh, yes, he has. He was actually <laughs> I, probably a paid contributor. Uh, now I really feel like a dupe. A bad guy Because it's wrestler. all he is. He's a big bad guy wrestler. That's what it was. Uh, before we get into any of that, we have a huge show today. Ladies and gentlemen, more than any other show, share the show. Ladies and gentlemen, share the show with your friends. Uh, uh, you're going to want to share today's show. It's our 25th anniversary. That means episode 25, not 25th year. <laughs> not even 25th week. <laughs> <laughs> but episode 25, it's a big deal. Uh, how we many, talked about it. You, you were telling me not many podcasts make it this long. I read, I was reading on some like how to survive as a podcast website, and uh, it said 80% of podcasts never get past episode 10. Well, how many make it to 25? We're more than double that. I don't know. It's, I didn't see that. They didn't have a stat for that. So, you know, we'll have to do more research, I guess, or some of our producers can see how great we're doing. But if, if it's, a, it's a good feeling. Did you, first of all, let me ask you, Mr. Marcus. We yes. talked about this show for a while. We sort of made some plans. We kind of did some practice episodes. What would you say back in January? To the odds of us ever getting to an episode 25. <laughs> I, right. I, I wasn't even sure we were going to get through to an episode one. Yeah. <laughs> was, I, had, I mean, there's no chance back in January, I would have said we'd be recording in the middle of May still doing this show. Uh, and not getting paid. We're we are still doing this as a passion project. I know we are attempting to steer the ship in a direction where we can uh, uh, raise revenue to support what we are doing. But this is uh, a, a serious passion project of ours at the moment, and uh, and we are finding uh, much reward in other ways. Uh, the the community that we're building. Uh, with this is what's been sustaining me. The the interest that we've been getting from the listeners and watching the listener numbers grow uh, as we've been doing this, and we have really not been promoting this at all. It has been our 
our active listeners, our listener producers who have been sharing the show, who've been spreading it. And that is uh, an encouragement that is equal to its weight in gold right now. It is. I mean, it's when people send in stories, when people send in questions. uh, Well, first of all, we know you're listening. So that's good. But just to know that you're you're participating you're taking the act of participating of being a producer finding content or finding things that we aren't finding um yeah it's giving me like a renewed energy to doing this um and it i mean it's like i can you know i i could never have predicted an episode 25 by the middle of may but we're going to get to episode 50 someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling optimistic about it. And hopefully we will have our bank account by then. <laughs> uh, which we're still we're still working on. We're still working. Um the I, I'm a little bit concerned that the bank where we're applying for the account has <laughs> Uh, pulled up the Truth Bait podcast and are now uh, listening to it and trying to decide uh, what is our interview with Jim Hoff today going to do with our chances to get banking services? I don't know. <laughs> Jim Hoff yeah, is gonna... a very uh, 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 canceled man in corporate America. So it's not going to uh, help, I think. <laughs> but speaking of the interview and today's show, so it's episode 25. If you haven't already shared the show, pause it or stop it right now. Please share it. Instead of sharing it with one person that you think is going to really like the show, share it with two this time. <laughs> we could double our We could triple our numbers. <laughs> okay. And if you've got three or four or 10, do that. Well, sh- you, but, you're going to want to share it because this was, we have, we, our interview with Jim Hoft is, I, I think it is very informative uh, he had on RFK Jr. He did a really long interview with RFK Jr. We saw this and uh, immediately wanted to talk to Jim to get more information and get more insight on what he talked about. Uh, uh, and I think Jim broke news with us. Jim, yeah. the most ardent Trump supporter I think I've ever known. Uh, you'll want to listen to this because he made some interesting comments about Kennedy that you might not expect. He talks about Kennedy. Um, he's very intrigued by Kennedy, like we are, and probably like I've heard we've heard from many of you that you are. Jim is a dear friend of ours. Uh, he is the publisher and founder of the Gateway Pundit. We know most of you guys are at least somewhat familiar with that website. It has become like since we've known him, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, really conservative website that there is the guy just breaks all kinds of news and he's a he's like a total lie debunker i mean his whole niche has been just debunking total lies from the mainstream media over the last deck what decade and a half i think it's been around since like 2005 it was a little longer than that uh jim in our interview talks a lot he's done more for uh, bringing attention to the prisoners right now, the J6 political prisoners in Washington, D.C. We get into that. Uh, of course, we we get into, thanks to Andrew, did some great clipping on the interview with uh, with Robert Kennedy Jr. And we talked to 
him about the interview and some of the stuff really in that interview, if you haven't watched it yet, you got to go look at it. It's on the gateway pundit. RFK jr. Really puts forth some amazing information, really alarming information about COVID about the uh, intelligence community. We're going to talk about that in this interview. Uh, just also with Jim, you said Jim's, uh, you know, feelings about Kennedy and how this race is sh- going to shape up with Trump. And uh, it's it's just very interesting. After the interview runs, we're uh, going to come back. We've got a, a little bit more at the end of the show today. Um, I have $25 popcorn um, to sitting celebrate. beside me. Yep. Uh, so I hope you brought yours with you for I episode have my, 25. I have my Frezzy. Plezzy. Plezzy. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, here I'm looking at the can. Yeah, you're right. It's Plezzy. Yeah, Plezzy. <laughs> Michelle Obama's drink. Um, yeah. Oh, also, uh, 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 just as a note on this interview, Mama Bear Bev, you asked the question. Uh, you uh, wrote and asked the question to Jeremy and I whether if the election were held today, who would we vote for, Kennedy or Trump? And we posed that question to Jim Hoft as well. You're going to want to hear his answer. Before we play it, though, I just want to say, you know, the last time I looked up at Apple Podcasts, we had nine uh, ratings, nine star ratings. Now, they're all fives, and I greatly appreciate that. But I know I know for a fact there are way more than nine people listening to this program. I'm not starting the interview. I'm not. We're not hitting play on the interview until you all go right now and rate this show. We can wait. You have to do it. You have to go there and rate it because if you don't do it now, after you listen, you're going to go back to doing whatever you do out there in the world and you're not going to remember. So please go give a five-star rating and write a review. We will read it. We will read your name and expose to the world who you are listening (laughs) to the truth. Unless you ask us not to, or you could use a fake name. I don't, I have to tell you, I don't use anybody's full names unless they explicitly say I can. Uh, I think the rule, we should set a rule right now. I think the rule needs to be, please don't use my full name. Otherwise we will. That's the, uh, <laughs> wait, <laughs> no, I think that I'm should be the, the rule. other default. I'm saying no. the other default. We default to not using people's names. No, because names. some people want their name read. Well, then some they can write want. us and let us know. They can, I, they can tell us they, they specifically want us to use their names. I don't want to make the mistake of, of, even if it's because somebody, you know, signed their full name to us. I don't want to mistakenly say it if they, if it would harm them. Okay. Here's the thing. Anybody who writes into the show. When you write into the show and you, you know, say goodbye and sign your salutations or, you know, put your name at the end of the email, please write that how you want us to say it. How's that? So if you want us to use just your first name and like where you're from or your full name and where you're from or just make up a name, you could do that. And if you want us to say your state or your state and town, if you want us to read your address, put that. <laughs> yes, if you'd like your, to be fully doxxed. Your phone number. Just write uh, Jeremy can, at truthbeta.com. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way to do it. Just so everybody knows, if you write in, uh, if you don't put anything there, we might read your name in a way that you don't want to. So 
So make sure you sign the email with how you would like to be referred to as far as your name goes. We'll decide whether or not you're a producer or an executive producer or something to that effect. All right. Do you think that's been enough time for people to have gone and, and to rate the show? If How do we know if they haven't done it? And then we start, we can't start the episode. I, we, we can't don't, start we can, the interview. I can, like I said, we can wait. Here, let's... Uh, Okay, now, you just know, you know what we should do. I no, no, let's because there, uh, there are. I, I think that there, we've got things we can do while we're waiting. Here, let's let's uh, let's listen to people who have they haven't raided the show, but they've they have uh, uh, reached out to us when we're on the street and we're talking to people on the street. People come up to us all the time and just tell us what they think of the show. It's unbelievable. They're good. They're very funny. They're hilarious. They just be whoever they want to be. It's just really funny. This is I like what the we girls encounter. better than those guys. Don't play those guys again. The girls <laughs> Wait, you, are better. Are you, like, you like the ones who think that our show is stupid? Yeah, stupid. Stupid makes me laugh. Okay. I like that little that cheer at the end. Um, okay, Enough. I think we that we got to start. We have to start. Yeah, roll the interview. Thank you very much for joining us. We are very excited to have you on the Truth Bait Podcast, episode 25. Uh, I reached out to you. Jeremy and I, we wanted to, we we saw your interview with RFK Jr. And we were like, we got to get Jim on. This is, this was an amazing interview, Jim. Congr- first, congratulations for landing this interview. Oh, thanks so much, guys. I can't tell you. And you guys, you guys know this. Um, it was such a thrill to, uh, to talk to Robert Kennedy. Um, you know, we've, uh, worked together for so long and, uh, doing the grind and just, uh, to get that opportunity to talk to, you know, this prominent member of the Kennedy family. And, uh, he's very respectful and he's very nice to me. You know, we're, I'm in a lawsuit with Robert Kennedy, by the way. You're suing Robert Kennedy Jr.? <laughs> no. No, we are, uh, we are together um, suing the Trusted News Initiative. It's uh, this, this group because, because the mainstream media, you know, uh, doesn't have enough lock on the uh, information that's going out. They actually formed this group called the Trusted News Initiative a year or two ago during COVID so that they could uh, stomp out any alternative independent voices. And that included Robert Kennedy Jr. And of course, it included Gateway Pundit. And so he invited me to be on this lawsuit with him and um, some other uh, alternative media voices. And so we we have an ongoing uh, lawsuit right now. He reached out to you, Jim. He reached out to you to, to be a part of this. Do you want to hear this story, guys? This is such a good story. Um, and I don't know if I told you this, but um, I, uh, I got this uh, text message and it said, Jim, call Robert Kennedy Jr., right? And this <laughs> is on. on a Saturday, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I write back. I'm like, you know, uh, just doing lots of things. Like I always have a lot of things going on. And I say, who is this? And I get a response, and I, then I put my phone down, 
<laughs> and walk away. And then I come back an hour later and it says, this is Bobby Kennedy. Give me a wow. call. Right? Wow. And so then, then, you know, what's funny is I look at my phone messages and you guys are aware of this, I'm sure. I don't always check my phone messages. And so I look and he had actually called the day before and he left me a very nice message and uh, he told me to call him. And that, uh, uh, so, so I ended up calling him like an hour later. So he's, I'm, you know, I'm completely blowing this guy off. <laughs> and it's Bobby Kennedy Jr. I completely blew him off for 24 hours. I finally call him back. He was very complimentary. He's actually used Gateway Pundit articles in, in two of his books now. And um, had was, you known that? I, I hadn't known that till he told me. And then he mentioned that he's he's uh, uh, launching this lawsuit and he'd like for me to join with him, which I was happy to do. And so uh, and and so then I uh, interviewed him um, back in the fall. And then when he announced for his uh, run for president, uh, I, I actually was in contact with his son, Bobby Kennedy, the third. And they had invited me to his launch in Boston, which would have been amazing. But I was out of the country at the time. So, uh, you know, uh, just for future reference, if you ever need somebody to go for you, um, <laughs> yeah. the Truth Bait podcast will definitely step in. But I feel so honored right now because I have never, ever been blown off by Jim Hoft for 24 hours of you, Andrew. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He goes. He goes periodically silent during, while we're interviewing him. But no, that's he's very, right. very, very good at getting when back to us. Yeah, and when his afternoon nap, sometimes maybe it takes a little while for him to. Well, that's respond. because when he looks down at his phone and he sees that one of us is calling, it's not like he's in disbelief that it's us to begin with. Right. I guess that's true. <laughs> you look down and you see Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr. You're like, yeah, right. Yeah, it wasn't like he saw a text from Jeremy Siegel. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, that's Jeremy Siegel. <laughs> uh, I just need to make a point of order in case people don't know Jim Hoft. I think everybody does, but Jim Hoft is the founder of the Gateway Pundit. I know probably most of our audience reads and loves your website, Jim. Thank you, uh, But Jared. just to make sure for anybody that is unaware, he's also, according to the mainstream media, the biggest propagator of fake news and conspiracy theories in the history of mankind. Yeah, that's pretty much about what they say. You know, I was looking back, guys, um, and of course, you guys know the story of Gateway Pundit. You're part of it. And um, uh, they started writing these nasty things about us on Wikipedia mm, 10 years ago, maybe. And I was looking recently, uh, and I don't know if this holds up today, but recently... I looked on their site, and of course they say the most horrible things about us, as they do several prominent voices who they, uh, you know, do, do not like. And you know what I, I'm finding out, and, and I know you guys understand this, it's not just Gateway Pundit, it's Robert Kennedy Jr., it's Pete Hegseth, it's Jack Posobiec, it's anybody who's a threat and who's an alternative voice that does not comply with the mainstream media narrative. So I was looking recently and, and what was heartening a little bit was, you know, they're like, yeah, this is a fake news and this is 
conspiracy. That's, of course, what the, how they, they lead into our website. And I really look forward to the day where we're able to sue that outfit because they have cost us millions of dollars, the, the, you know, the smears that they've thrown at us. But then they, for, for their, to, to back up their statements, they go back to 2017, in the fall of 2017, where we misnamed an individual in a, a news uh, a story at the time. And um, so I feel really, really pleased that they have to go back seven years to find some article that was up for eight minutes to call us a, a, a fake news. Because uh, our reporting in the past couple years, I think, is second to none. And if we're not, these, these media people today, I think the, the greatest example of media malfeasance and just um, just dishonesty is the fact that we see this this individual who is the president of the United States who's shaking hands with the air, who loses his train of thought constantly, who can't finish a sentence, and who just stumbles through his press conferences. Most of his days, if you look at his schedule, he has nothing planned um, except a 15-minute I couldn't talk tell. Are you describing something. Biden or Fetterman or Feinstein? <laughs> right, <laughs> or, or Senator Feinstein. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, and they, 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 everybody sees this. You know, it's like your kids, Jeremy, could see this man not knowing he's president and know that something's wrong with this guy. And yet this is this is the media that the whole world knows this. Saudi Arabia makes fun of us. I know you guys have seen those videos Saudi Arabia put out about Joe and 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 uh, Kamala Harris just laughing. Um, it's and it's it's amazing. This the dishonesty, though, of our media. We have just uh, hit home run after home run at Gateway Pundit for the past couple of years. Yeah, I don't know, Jim. And, I'm looking at Wikipedia and uh, I, yeah, you're known as a source of viral falsehoods and hoaxes. That's a quote. Let's see. You've been described by the Harvard Journal of Law and Technology as one of the websites that primarily propagate fake news. That's Harvard, Jim. Yeah. Newsweek says uh, you're a fake news website. CNN, right. CNN and CNN's a, a place of authority. Uh, they say you're prone <laughs> to peddling conspiracy theories. Get known so, for publishing falsehoods and hoaxes. I wish I had read this before we invited you on. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to, I don't know, this might hurt our <laughs> reputation. Right. You know, we're going to edit this part out. <laughs> People won't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a crime the way they describe. And, you know, uh, of course, you always think that you're the only one that they're doing this to, and then you find out no, it's it's anyone who is uh, has a, a prominent voice in alternative media, or on Fox News, or someone like Robert Kennedy Jr. They will just smear mercilessly. And does he I read think you that, regularly? Do you know if he reads you regularly? Because he's used you twice, but did you know? Maybe somebody gave him those articles, or they were just part of his research. Uh, well, but. you know, he told me he reads me. Uh, he reads Gateway Pundit. What is that like that. to you, Jim? I mean, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, you know, I, I run into a lot of people recently in the past year or two um, who are prominent business owners or politicians, and they say they read the Gateway Pundit. Um, I think we have a different name 
uh, you know, uh, we tried to gain more credibility as the, you know, the longer we're around and the more our audience grows and the more that uh, we're in this very dangerous media environment today where they will uh, sue you even if you tell the truth. Um, so uh, we, we try to be more careful, but uh, it, it really is amazing when you hear this from certain people who I've met and they're like, oh, I read you all the time. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a trip. Jim, that happens to me when I talk about your website. I mean, I mentioned it to my doctor in an appointment one day and I was like, do you read Gateway Pundit? And he's like, every day. I mean, this is I, this happens to me all over the place, and where I where I talk to people, and because you know I I write for you sometimes, or I write articles on your site sometimes, and I tell people about it, and almost everybody has has heard about it more so than when I wrote at Breitbart back in the day. I mean, it's amazing to me. I'm actually a little hung up on the image of Jeremy in his doctor's office having this conversation. <laughs> he's a cool. Were you hooked up to an EKG when this happened, and your heart rate like went up when he said yes. He's a cool doctor, and EKG only costs twenty five dollars at his office. By the way, wow, um, that is a good doctor. Yeah, no kidding, Jim. I gotta ask you this: uh, Do you ever get, or have you ever gotten some stories wrong? I mean, are are some of their claims correct? Jim, I'm uh, sorry about this. This is no way to treat a guest. <laughs> is, this, is this media matters? <laughs> well, no, because I want to make a point. I think that... Uh, oh, that, absolutely. Uh, again, but I, I think the wonderful, you know, you, 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 and I, I'm going to have to jump on my Wikipedia page description, the hit piece they have on us. Um, but I just think it's amazing that they have to go back seven years to find something. Right. And uh, now they'll, they'll say, uh, uh, I, I think they say election, uh, what's denier, you know, um, that nonsense like that. And I'm very confident with the, the reporting we've done in the past few years, guys, when the mainstream media, like Washington post writes a hit piece on us, uh, I just laugh. They, they've been so wrong. And, and we find this out daily, um, just how wrong the media has been on COVID, on treatments for COVID, on the, the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, we were reporting on that in, in October of 2020. We were reporting so many things that now we're starting to see pop up in the, in the uh, mainstream news. That was completely ignored at the time, or they, they came out and they openly lied to the American public. Think of that, the intelligence community lying to the American public about um, Hunter Biden's laptop being some sort of a Russian app uh, or a Russian operation. It's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable that this is happening. It really makes you, I really, um, you know, I think you guys have always been a little bit more... Um, I'm not going to say in, into conspiracies, but more questioning of the government. You know, I think yeah. that was a little more trusting. Andrew, I'm um, getting a tinfoil hat ready for you. Andrew wears to put it on. <laughs> he wears a yeah, tinfoil but, uh, hat while we were But record. now I'm, I'm, I'm all there. And, you know, that's why it was a thrill to talk to Robert Kennedy Jr. circling back here. Um, because, you know, I, I'm talking to the most prominent member of the Kennedy family at this point, And he's telling me. And describing in detail how his uncle was killed by the CIA. 
And then he starts talking to me about how his father was killed, and he believes that was also connected to the CIA. I mean, wow. That's you know? why you didn't want to be in the same room with him in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I just admire him so much for 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 a lot of things, but the fact that he just he tells his truth, you know, well, and and I think it's I think it's really, uh, you know, he's sixty nine, and maybe maybe there's part of him that's like he's been holding this in for a long, long time. He really hasn't stressed it too much, and now he's now he's out there and he's he's very open about it. And I, I respect him so much for that because we know what happened to his uncle and his uh, father. I mean, think of that. Your uncle and your father, two prominent men, not just in your family, but in American history. And they're both, they're both gone today because they were assassinated. What a story. Well, and, and it makes uh, my reaction, I won't presuppose what anybody else's reaction is, although I won't be surprised if it's uh, typical. Uh, when I hear him talking about that, that that his that his uncle was beyond any shadow of a doubt, the CIA was involved in the death of of I mean the murder of Kennedy, President Kennedy, his uncle. My reaction is, well, this guy is brave because they'll kill him too. Do you uh, guys have? Oh, is that I had a completely reaction? different reaction. I thought he must have been reading the Gateway Pundit. <laughs> but, but 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 he does it's he's taking his life in his hands no it's in, it's things. i the first yeah and when i saw him you know getting involved with you know when he published the book about the real anthony fauci and just becoming more prominent actually at that time i was starting to think you know this guy could end up running for president you know if he takes this strong of a position and, and is you know really being a force of opposition against these people. And I actually wasn't surprised at all to see him get involved, except for that history. You've got your, well, your uncle who's killed as the president and your father's killed running for president. Why? I mean, it's like you're, I mean, you're really tempting fate there. Okay. What does that say about our country? You know, we, we as patriots, we have, you know, we take comfort in the idea that we are not a banana republic. Hmm. I think the last couple of years have disabused us of that and nostalgia. But uh, I think it really, for me, it hits home that we're in a banana republic and we just don't even really admit it to ourselves when we openly know that this guy's taking his life in his hands by just saying the truth and criticizing the CIA you know, uh, without sugarcoating it, that he's taking his life in his hands. That's America. That's wow. what needs to change. That's what we have to fight. Yeah. Well, I I think he's, uh, obviously, I agree with you guys 100%. Um, I think also we could get into this more, but uh, I talked to a lot of the January 6th prisoners. They call me from prison. I talked to uh, Jake Lang today two times. He called me. They call me on these numbers, you know. And, yeah, you're um, a hero, Jim. As far as that's concerned, you, I haven't seen anybody else take the take the lead like you have Nobody. in terms of rallying support, bringing uh, attention to their cause, making sure that attention never uh, lets up on their cause. I, I I really believe you may be the most important person in the country right now, as far as uh, keeping that narrative alive and making sure that that. I 
that that he uh, Trump was asked about it yesterday in the CNN uh, 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 town right. hall. I think Debate. that's because of you, Jim, because yeah. you've kept that in the you've kept that in the news. I don't think anybody would know about it if it weren't for Gateway. There's something on there almost every day about it since it's oh. happened. This is two years now. Yeah, it's it's amazing to go back and look at all the stories we've done and all the money we've raised for these families. I, you know, I'm that I'm most proud about that of anything that I I've done at Gateway Pundit. The fact that we haven't forgotten those people. And the fact that we've raised over from 1.6 to 2.6 million dollars, our audience has raised for these families. I'm very proud of that. I don't know if you guys saw this this article. It was just uh, wait, 10 Jim. Days I have to ask so. you. Wait, that was between 1.6 and 2.6. That's quite a rounding error. <laughs> Jim, well, where is that? It, where it, is it, that million from, dollars, Jim? <laughs> yeah, well, it's because it's two di- it's two different um, articles were published. And one was 1.6, and this was a year ago, so it's it's higher than that. The other was a 2.6. So I just say 1.6 to 2.6, but I know it's been a lot of money. A couple yeah. weeks ago, or 10 days, uh, there's this guy, uh, I found out he's, he's from Mississippi. He had to travel to D.C. to go to court, and he had to camp in the park by by uh, Washington DC out, you know, outside of the city somewhere. And, um, and I'm like, wow. And, and it's because he didn't have any money. Um, and so I actually reached out to this guy and he had a Gibson go, we put it up and uh, our audience raised $29,000 for him in about 36 hours. That's, That's amazing. amazing. So that this guy could stay in a hotel, but also, you know, it helped pay his defense uh, his attorney's bills. Um, he wrote me and he thanked me and he, and he sent me pictures of himself at the campground. Right. Oh, wow. And he also said, you know, I, I did this to save money. And he sent me a picture of himself sleeping in the car. And then he sent a picture. And then he, he says, and you know, we also were eating sandwiches cause we could save money that way. So we'd buy, you know, m- meat and bread and have sandwiches. And you know, my heart goes out to him and this is, this is what I found out too in talking to so many of these people. A lot of them are lower middle class, um, salt of the earth, uh, have not been in in uh, legal trouble. Have not you know they're not a stain on our society. They're not causing problems. They're 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 just people who work hard, love their country, came to Washington D.C. because they believed in what Trump was saying, and they believed that the election was stolen. Uh, like I believe the election was stolen, and uh, so it's 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 heartbreaking to see that these guys um, are 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 locked up now and unfairly. Of course, it's it's that's not you know I don't know I really you know the thought goes through my mind, guys, and I hope you can answer this. But um, how do you sleep at night if you're one of these judges and you put? Uh, so, some person in prison, some 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 young twenty two year old in prison for three years because he touched his sign that was was passed over his head, and then it was thrown on the ground by the cops, but nobody was injured. Um, eight people were charged and are spending an average of thirty three months in prison because they touched this sign that Ray Epps was throwing. By the way, who never got charged, but he's the one who's holding onto that sign and pushing it towards the police. Um, how do you sleep at night if you're a judge who, who does this? How do you sleep at night when you're Chris Ray and you know that they're 
storming into some retired uh, social worker's home who has cancer and uh, they're arresting her at six in the morning and she gets 60 days in jail because she walked through the Capitol with a MAGA flag. I, I, I don't understand that. I just don't understand how people can be so wicked and evil and destructive and so horrible to fellow human beings and, and, and destroy their lives like that. Maybe you guys. I wonder what the Why suicide you... rate is between uh, FBI agents and and DOJ personnel that are involved in this. I'd like to I'd like to think that maybe it's. I don't want to like to think. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe some of these people actually do have souls and and can't live with themselves after they've done this. Jim, why do you think all these people have been locked up? The way <laughs> Jeremy doesn't like that comment. <laughs> yeah. No. No, it's okay. I just, I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause there's like, we mm -hmm. have ideas and we've talked about, we've talked about it on air and the things that are going on in this country, but I mean, this is Jim Hoft. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I, I think first of all, there have been a few FBI agents who have turned into whistleblowers and, and spoken out and I, you know, I, I congratulate them and I have all the respect in the world for them. Why is this going on? I think it's it's pretty clear. Uh, uh, we have this movement now where they're cracking down on the Trump people. Um, it, I, I think they really wanted to obliterate Trump and his movement. They wanted to just get rid of it by force. They couldn't figure out any other way. And that's clearly what they're doing to this day. And we see it even in the fact that now they're trying, you know, they, they, they have this woman uh, who says she was raped by Trump. The jury finds out that that wasn't true, but then they find Trump $5 million anyway. And and each one of these charges that they're throwing at Trump, I think they're, uh, they're just junk, you know, garbage uh, lawfare charges. We've never seen anything like it. I think it's just a way to control the population. I think we obviously see now that, um, it, and this goes back to Robert Kennedy, right? Uh, the the government killed his his father his his uncle i believe what he was saying was true and um uh, i think it's been going on for a long time and so i think there's uh i think they're they're very scared they're particularly scared of the trump movement and his supporters but uh i think we're also in a very uh critical time in history where we have the the government the authorities have the power to listen in on what you're doing. They have the power to shut down your bank accounts like they shut down our PayPal account, our Venmo account. Um, they have the power to, um, you know, smear you mercilessly and come after you with the full extent of the law. Um, they have the power to um, know every, every uh, move you've made. Uh, because of your phone or your apps or whatever. So I think it's a very scary time. It's intimidating to people, I think. It, it silences dissent. I mean, look at Andrew and I, under any other time, probably would have been there that day. I mean, uh, we that, that would have been something that we would totally go cover and film. I bet you money we would have gone into the building. Right. If it hadn't been for COVID uh, wiping out our ability to produce anything, <laughs> and we, we would have, I think I mean, we absolutely would have been there. That I'd have been in that building. That I'd have was, gone right where the was, crowd was to document that, them. That event was our beat. I mean, that type of event was our beat, it was protest coverage in this country. And, you, and, and I knew, and I think Andrew knew ahead of time, 
that there was clearly a trap being set for people. I think some people knew it and some people didn't know it. I had, I didn't know. I had many reasons why I felt like I couldn't go there. COVID was a main one. I got, uh, it's hard to get there. And then I thought, you know what, who knows what's going to happen that day. And it clearly was, it seemed, it seemed planned. It seemed coordinated, but now that everyone's in jail, for being there. Andrew, do you want to go to the next protest to cover? <laughs> yeah. You know, do you want to be at a protest? You know, I think that this has a a major effect on people mm. dissenting from, you know, what's going on. I mean, I don't want to be anywhere around the Capitol ever yeah. again. Because just well, by well, being look, in the area might get your house raided. Yeah. Look, look what they did. Um, when Trump's home was raided, you know, that's a significant event in history that would have got, I, I would argue, would have had 10,000 people out there um, maybe four or five years ago, right? Um, and my brother Joe went down there and there was a couple hundred maybe. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right. People are afraid. And um, if we're all afraid and if we're if we refuse to go out and if we refuse to push back against this, uh, this regime, then you know, what's going to happen. It's, it's only going to get worse. And, uh, so, so sitting at home is not the solution. Um, but I, I understand the fear, you know, when you, when you hear about, uh, you know, a couple kids in St. Louis, they had their homes raided and they were young engineers who were waved into the U S Capitol by the police. They walked to the top of the stairs. They asked the police, could we, you know, are we supposed to be in here? And the police said, oh, yeah, you could be here. And then they uh, felt wrong. You know, something was fishy. They, they left the building. And then a month or two later, they have their homes raided here in St. Louis. Some young engineers, think of that. These professional guys who never been in trouble in their life, very disciplined, uh, you know, never had problems with the law. And here they are having their homes raided and they're being stalked by the FBI before they raided their homes. And now their lives are mm, changed forever because they made the headlines here as, you know, part of the insurrection. And um, it's, it's, it's horrible. So I, I, I get it that people are afraid. But um, if we don't show up, if we don't turn out, you guys know this as well as anyone. That's it. I think that's it for the country. I really do. I mean, it's just they, they have total control of it. Jim, I don't, I, I, this question just popped into my mind. I know you might not know off the top of your head, to, but do you have any rough idea of how many people are still in prison right now without trial and how many have, or any sort of rough numbers on how many have been convicted or been uh, innocent in all of this? <laughs> Well, you know, um, I think in the D.C. court, there may have been one or two who have not been um, convicted. It's interesting, too, that the people that they suspect are federal operatives, a couple of them have um, uh, had had better luck in, inside these courts than others. Um, but I think otherwise, uh, about 100 percent, we're seeing that most of these people are being found guilty within uh, an hour or two by these very far left juries um, and uh, found guilty on every crime. Uh, it's, it's, it's really unbelievable what's happening here. And this is our legal system. So 
but I think most of them have been found guilty. I don't have the exact number. I do believe there's about 30 individuals right now who are still in the D.C. Gulag. There's also uh, individuals all over the country that they've been moving around. I know they call this diesel therapy. One, one prisoner, Jake Lang, has been moved like 13 times in two years. He's been in prison for 800 days, and he's, he hasn't sat before a, a judge for a trial yet. So uh, it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing that's going on. The abuse of these prisoners is, is a great tragedy in American history. I hope the story's told someday. Jim, I've heard uh, President Trump say that he's going to uh, work to pardon I don't know if he said all of these people or most of these people, but work to pardon the J six prisoners. Um, have you do you getting back to Kennedy? Because it seems to me like you're we're we're almost going to be looking at a Trump Kennedy race uh, in, in some shape or fashion. That Kennedy's going to be there a while. Uh, has have you heard him say anything about the J six prisoners? Um, has any of that come up in your interviews or conversations with him? You know, I, I didn't ask him that. I didn't get around to that. Uh, uh, we ran out of time, but, I, you know, of course I could have asked him that. Um, I don't know where he stands on that. I, I know from Trump that he says, and he said last night, that he would pardon most of these people and that um, uh, he, he did say, though, that a couple of them, you know, committed violence. He'd have to look at that. And they, you know, they did attack the cops. And we, we all saw that. I just don't think that 15 to 20 years is a, is is appropriate uh, sentencing for somebody who did that, especially, guys, as we continue to find out. And everyone I've spoken to uh, has had the same story, and that is that they were standing around. The cops started firing on them out of the blue without warning. Um, without any loudspeakers telling them to go or, or, or they needed to leave. We, you know, they just started getting fired on uh, with the gas canisters, with the rubber bullets, with the bean bags, and um, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, the uh, pepper spray. So that's, that's what I believe happened. I don't think these people were violent at all until uh, the, the government started uh, – firing uh, their weapons on them. Boy, I sound like a complete leftist, don't I? Yeah, well, I think that the thing is, too, that... Like, You're probably anti-big mega corporations, yeah. too, now. Like Andrew and I, <laughs> we were actually, all three of us were at Trump's inauguration together, and all of the rioting in the streets that were going on by Antifa, the burning of limousines, the fighting with police, there was plenty of violence. A lot of those people were arrested, and they were all released, and charges were dropped against every single one of them. Hey, so there's how, a, about, how the, about in June uh, of uh, of 2019 when they were trying to attack the White House? The only the, the, the only difference being that that the government defended the White House. So had they defended the White House the same way that Congress defended the the defended the Congress, uh, they would have overrun the White House. They set fire to the historic church across the street. Uh, they committed arson and nothing happened to these people. That's the real comparison. Months earlier, Antifa attacked the White House, attempted to to lay siege to the White House. <laughs> right. And nothing happened to them. It's amazing. And, 
at the Capitol, and, people who entered open doors where police were waving them in, they're in jail for years. That's the problem. That's the that to me is the most striking, obvious difference. Absolutely, um, and and the fact, Andrew, don't forget this that uh, several of those individuals on the, during the inauguration, and you guys had the best coverage of that of anybody, um, of the violence that day. But several of those individuals. Uh, won a lawsuit and actually ended up getting paid, <laughs> right? Wow. And, uh, so uh, that, there's another another slight difference that we've seen between the you know how they treat these uh, leftist protesters and how they treat Trump people who are out supporting President Trump. And yeah. maybe now Kennedy supporters are going to get this. Jim, I want to play a clip from your interview. He dropped some major bombs in your interview. He said some really important stuff, and I'm waiting for everyone in media to begin picking up on it. Or maybe right. they're, they're trying to look away. Don't don't look at the Hoft interview. It was really good. Uh, here, let me play this for you. I was blown away by this. People may know this, and you may have already covered this on your website earlier, Jim. You, you're you ahead of everybody on most of this. So forgive me if this was already known by you. But the way Kennedy laid this out absolutely blew me away, where Event 201, I didn't realize that one of the members of Event 201 was the Chinese, the, the director of the Chinese CDC. Wow. He's, he's one of the major players of Event 201. And what Kennedy lays out in this interview, this I haven't heard anywhere else before. This was big news. I went looking for anywhere else that, I, that, that, that this exists. I can't find it anywhere. Where he lays out very specifically when the Chinese knew about that they had a problem in that lab with COVID. And in relationship to when Event 201 happened, let me play this clip. This blew me away. In 2021, he ordered Avril Haines. He is uh, Joe Biden. Uh, Congress pressured Joe Biden to uh, investigate where COVID came from. In 2021, he ordered Avril Haines, um, who was the uh, director of national intelligence and who was the former deputy director of the CIA, to investigate where it came from. And after 90 days, she came back with a report. 500 pages, all of it redacted, all, none of it shown to the public, except for the executive summary that says, said, uh, we're unable to determine. Well, Avril Haynes was the same person who co-hosted Event 201, which was this pandemic simulation in October of uh, 2019 with Bill Gates and with George Gayo, who's the head of the Chinese CDC. Now, at this time, Coronavirus got, you know, it got COVID-19 escaped. This virus that caused COVID-19, we now know, escaped the lab sometime probably in August of 2019. The Chinese knew about it by September 19th because they kicked that night at midnight, they kicked down the doors of the Wuhan lab and they came in and took over and they removed all of the coronavirus um, genomes from the public-facing websites, and they put a military general in charge of the lab. And there were, you know, technicians from the lab who were going to the hospital, so they knew at that point. And so a, a, a month after that, there's a pandemic simulation in New York City. The hostess is Avril Haynes, and they have the pharmaceutical industry there, the social media companies, the media companies, Bill Gates, NIH, all of them. 
and they're simulating a coronavirus that escapes and and kills uh i think 60 million people and just to just to reiterate this is a he's saying that that's a month after the chinese already know that there's a problem in that lab they've kicked in the door already so now they then a month later take part and and our people had to know it well that they had kicked in the door because we're funding a bunch of research there all of a sudden it all goes dark we don't know so our people knew too if this is true and they they're figuring out different ways that people have to do to deal with it and of course none of it was about public health it was all about clamping down totalitarian controls and using it as a pretense of militarize and monetize the response the last seminar of that day is number four the fourth seminar is about censorship and they're talking about if there's a lab leak if there how do we censor rumors that get on the internet that this is a lab leak okay so bottom line if this is true that means that a month after everybody knows that there is this leak coming from this lab that they've got a major problem there Avril Haynes who is the director of national intelligence she was the former deputy director of the CIA is taking part in a meeting with the Chinese director of the CDC the, the, uh, the director of the Chinese CDC at event 201 talking about how to censor people who might come up with the crazy idea that this came from a lab uh, hypothetically in the hypothetical situation that, that, that this might ever happen a month from now <laughs> it's incredible That's huge yeah and and to find out that this Avril Haynes like you said is the the director of national intelligence under the biden regime uh, she's she's leading all of the the intel agencies right now that same person it's, it's incredible the intel agencies here i'll play this this is also from your interview hey avril haynes is the dni director of national intelligence which means she's basically the top official of the national security agency what was the agency that ran operation warp speed it's not HHS. It was the NSA, the National Security Agency, with the Pentagon second. Why is the National Security Agency a spy agency running a public health crisis? And why is Avril Haynes, who has this checkered history of suppressing information, put in charge of, you know, telling Americans the truth? So his what he's hinting at there is that something's something's really wrong to begin with because why in the world is uh, why are our spy agencies leading operation warp speed why are our, why are the spy agencies in control of our response to covid a health emergency good it's a good question jim he that wasn't even the biggest bomb that he dropped on your interview uh that was huge wasn't it i mean there was a lot i i thought something that i really didn't um uh report on yet and that was the fact another another bomb he dropped and that was that he started talking about what they're doing in some of these labs right um he also talked about you know the funding wasn't just from uh the national institute of health but there was he he, he mentioned was it uh uh, uh, some 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 money through the uh, Defense Department, I believe, that just was a huge amount of money 
that was going directly to Wuhan, and he believed from his from from the discussion we had, he also said that uh, the uh, uh, the the U.S. and the, was funding the Wuhan lab, and that was the major lab that they were funding with their with their. Uh, bioweapons research which right. is incredible 87 80s after obama shut shut fauci down 87 percent of all of the nih funding for gain of function went to wuhan it's 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 incredible isn't it the 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 one thing too and i i was just uh, uh, gonna mention this and that was that he said that some of the s studies they were performing there too was uh on uh, specific vaccines or specific diseases that targeted certain groups like certain races mm -hmm. or he also mentioned a, a a virus that could uh be dormant for a while and right. then yeah and then they could uh pull the plug on it that uh, sounded exactly like the vaccine to me uh, yeah like, i wow. that, that that ran across my mind like, too here, here let's, let's, let's play the clip i have you. this i have this section of of that interview because this blew me away let's listen to this we're funding some of these bio labs. And that's you, Jim, talking. Just in case you <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> I funding can tell. some of these bio labs, Robert, in, in places like Ukraine. And now uh, we found out uh, in Africa and, uh, and, and Wuhan, of course. Uh, th that's quite stunning that we're spending our money doing something like that. Um, I don't think most Americans are for that. Uh, what do you have to say about about that is that something that's actually so frightening if you actually <clears throat> look at what they're doing they're developing ethnic bioweapons uh, weapons that can that can kill selectively members of certain races whether it's chinese or russians or um or arabs uh or black people you know that is what they are doing in those biologies. That's one of the really frightening things that they are doing. Wow. Doing a lot of other uh, horrific things. They're developing stealth bioweapons, weapons that um, can uh, can infect a population over many years and then be activated uh, at, at some uh, at some distant date and start killing people at that time. Um, they're using all kinds of synthetic biology and gain-of-function studies. And, you know, all of this is illegal. It's all illegal under the Bioweapons Charter, under the Bioweapons uh, Treaty, under the Geneva Convention. And they're... The, uh, just amazing. That's... Uh, to hear him say that... That yeah. is unbelievable. That reminded me of a time when all these people in my family were telling me how they were sending their DNA in to ancestry.com. <laughs> like, Didn't a Chinese company buy that? Yeah. Didn't they sell to a Chinese company? Yeah, and then there was actually a congressional warning later on about this type of research in bioweapons. And I'm like, well, they hello. they got that warning out just in time. Yeah. That's fantastic. Hello, people. Thank you for sending Because, by the way, you're my close blood relative. You sent my DNA in. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't commit any crimes, Jeremy. Uh, Jim, I, I could sit here and play clips for you all day. I, I, I know we don't have you all day. You've generously spent over an hour with us. We really appreciate it. People should definitely go watch the entire interview. 
I think it's some of the best work you've ever done, Jim. Uh, and I congratulate you on landing oh. that interview. And I congratulate RFK Jr. for understanding and having the uh, the foresight uh, and the and the presence of mind to have respect for Jim Hofton, Gateway Pundit. Uh, it, you know, I can't help but notice, Jim, you you didn't get that one-on-one interview with President Trump until after he was out of office. And I know he read you all the time. He was constantly quoting you. Um, but And I know you would never complain about this because you're a gentleman. But, uh, you know, I, I always felt like, you know, they should have been m- taking advantage of, of you uh, and your, uh, your, your ability to make news, your ability to, to find the truth. And I felt like they underutilized you as an ally. And uh, uh, I'm happy to see that RFK Jr. came right to you. Uh, He's being abused by the rest of media, and clearly he understands if he wants to get his message out, you're a good place to go. Uh, I'm just, I'm happy to see that, that I think that was a respectful move, and I think you deserve the respect. Oh, well, thank you so much, Andrew. And, you know, one thing he did say to me, or his people said to me, I think it was his son, uh, I said, you know, it's just going to be good if he interviews me, you know. Um, uh, and uh, his son said, oh, my dad's used to being, you know, he's, he's, he's been under the gauntlet for a long time. They, they've uh, censored and attacked him for a long time. He's just fine with this, right? You were worried about tainting him? Well, I didn't. I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to hurt him at all. And maybe th- th- that isn't the exact uh <laughs> The wording, you know, the, how I put it. But um, uh, anyway, I just I was just very impressed that they 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 understand what they're up against. I think he you sees know? what's really he sees what's really going on. That's how he comes across to me, Jim. I I yeah. wonder from your perspective, and you've been a vi- a big supporter of of President Trump, and uh, President Trump said a lot of nice things about you. Uh, now we've got this. Kennedy coming into the race. And I mean, I'm looking at Kennedy and I'm liking a lot of what he says. Uh, he's doing an interview on Gateway Pundit. <laughs> you know, to me, this yeah. is like. Are you in, becoming a Kennedy supporter? Way, Are you a way, Kennedy man? The way that he. I am. The way that he. The no, way, I mean, Jim, I don't yeah, care but what that, you right, are. No, that's what I'm want. But that, right. That's what I'm trying to get at is because the way that he. Even the way he criticizes President Trump is in a much more respectful way than all of trump's you know hostile enemies do how do you see see this and how do you see things what do you think about about him running do you you know you're in a you're in a lawsuit with him you know are are you gonna join the kennedy team well i think that's a great question i'm a big fan of bobby kennedy jr and um am i gonna join the team not at this point but um i i again I, I can't say enough nice things about him, and, and don't think that I didn't notice that he's he's asking us for an interview. I mean, they were they were very kind. They told me that uh, when he was going to announce that day, they said, "Well, we, we'll get you up front. You can just sit up front in the in the roped off section." I was like, "Wow, you know, <laughs> I don't get that kind of treatment uh, from certainly anyone in the Uniparty, the Republican Party itself. They've never treated us with any respect at all." Um, and so, yeah, this is very refreshing. And you know what? I think what's amazing, too, is he's speaking so much truth. He really is a man of our time. And he really is a man that we need to have at this time because there's so many lies and there's so many threats against civilization. 
and uh, against our freedoms and against our country and the world. Um, so I, I, I just uh, I'm a super fan of Robert Kennedy Jr. for sure. Jim, before you go, let's let's wrap it out this way. Uh, we, one of our most dedicated uh, active listeners, one of our most uh, dedicated producers of this show. I won't. We don't use her full name, uh, but you'll know who this is. Uh, our Mama Bear Bev in Florida. She asked Jeremy and I, and I think it's a perfect question to include you in. If the election were held today between Trump and Kennedy, who are you voting for? Oh, that's not even fair. But um, I think <laughs> you know, that's why it's a great I, question, and I love you, Bev. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I would I would definitely go with Trump at this point, and the reason is because um, coming off of that uh, uh, his his phenomenal performance last night on CNN, um, there just there is no one alive. I don't think that can um, uh, take the amount of a constant attacks like Trump took last night. And this is him every day. I assume Bobby Kennedy would get the same sort of treatment. He always, he, he certainly has since he announced his run. Um, but I think Trump's the man right now. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, again, huge fan of Robert Kennedy Jr. So, uh, Jim, this is enormous news as far as I'm concerned, because yeah. I don't know anyone who has been a bigger, more uh, consistent supporter of President Trump. And to hear that that you are that you could be swayed under maybe under potential circumstances, maybe not today, Bev, but maybe months <laughs> from now, uh, that, that you wouldn't write it off, that there's a possibility you could be a Kennedy man. Well, you know, I think I have more in common with Robert Kennedy Jr. than I do with the Republican Party and the Uniparty at this point. And that's an easy statement to make. And I yeah, and I said the same thing the other day when we were talking about Kennedy and I was like, I'll 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 roll with Kennedy before any of the other Republicans that are in the race. Absolutely. I I'm I'm just not going to tell you guys what I think. <laughs> I'm the mysterious one today. Yeah, no, I would if it were today, it would be Trump. Uh, I still, you know, this country absolutely stole it from him, and I uh, it's going to take a lot to overcome my sense of fair play on that issue. I agree. Wow. I agree. But the same at the same time, like I would listen to this interview, which Jim, I think the interview was was really amazing. And but the, the Kennedy is I mean, he this guy is very, very aware of the situation at hand with this country as a whole. And to me, he's impressive. I mean, if if for some something happens where Trump is not somehow uh running for a you know on the ticket or you know some you know the military locks him up under some crazy circumstance yeah. i mean kennedy's a great option i think i think so too guys well really thank do. you for bringing him uh bringing him to your audience bringing him to us and thank you for joining us to talk about it jim we really appreciate it uh, i think sure. it's a great conversation for our listeners to hear uh bringing them closer to the truth Thanks so much, guys. I hope we talk again soon. Thanks, Jim. Well, that was a fabulous interview.
That was good. This is better yeah. than Paul. <laughs> <laughs> better than Paul. <laughs> I want Paul back. Uh, we need Paul oh, back Paul's because uh, there was just a story today. I should go try and find it. We can talk about it really quickly. Um, there was in Chicago a backlash to the whole immigration issue. Uh, the black community is absolutely freaking out. Yeah, black residents of Chicago's South Shore are not happy about plans for a migrant respite center. That's what they're calling, you know, a detention facility. <laughs> Illegal alien detention facility is a migrant respite center. Uh, they don't want it in their neighborhood. Paul has got to come talk to us here. I'll pl- let me play a little bit of this. What's important is that we really establish that this is a humanitarian crisis. And we're here... South Shore residents responded with resounding rejection. While this crisis may constitute an emergency for the city of Chicago, it does not constitute an emergency for the South Shore community. Incoming migrants have overwhelmed district police stations by the hundreds. It's my turn. It's my turn. Hello. But city leaders could barely eke out a word of the details about a proposed respite center at the former South Shore High School. When it comes to the total number of people at South Shore at any given point in time, it is fluid. We'd start. It's all it looks like it's all white Hispanic people talking to them. Uh, from this panel, uh, there's one black person, uh, but it is, and I think that the community, if I'm not mistaken, has been trying to take over that building for a long time and use it. And now it's being used to house illegals and the black community is just not having it. I can't help but think, you know, if I was watching this and if this was a white community that was saying, we don't want these people here. Can you imagine what the narrative would be? Yeah. Well, they would saying that because they're racist right exactly well these black people are clearly racist i'm pretty uh, sure they'll be called racist it, it's coming it's coming they're it's beginning to dawn on them that they don't have the status anymore uh in the democratic party we should get a t-shirt that says everything is the new black they should be housing <laughs> these illegals in lincoln park is what they should be doing in the rich section of town. I think it's incredibly racist that they're taking these illegals and parking them in unwanted buildings in on the south side. I think they should be housing them in Mexico. Well, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I really wish we could have had more time with Jim. I wanted to ask him what he thought about Trump appearing on CNN last night. What do you think about that? When I see that, J- Jeremy, I I can't help but feel like I'm I'm watching a a news version of WWF and we are all everybody on every side are the dupes. I agree. That was my that was actually my takeaway of it. Um I was I'm glad I, I said it first though. I look smarter I, than <laughs> all I want. Well, I did not watch the I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw I did watch some of the clips actually on Gateway Pundit this morning and um some of the stuff that Jim had clipped and you know, it 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 was basically, you know, came across to me sort of like Trump kind of on top of his game, sparring yes. with a reporter, which everybody loves to watch. It's and exactly he did great. Right. He it's, was it's exactly his game. Right. It's exactly as you describe. It's like a it is like a WWF 
match. You know, it's like when he says, uh, you're a very nasty person to, I don't even remember her name. She does, she does come across as a very nasty person. And so that was like a feel good moment. And there's some other stuff that happens there, but that's like, but but that's like the wrestling, the wrestling shows, you know, get together with the, 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 you know, the, the MC and the two wrestlers would be talking smack to each other, but they're all in on it. Yeah, Trump that, knows he's building his audience with it. She knows she's building her audience with it. She thinks she's the next Jim Acosta. She's going to build her career off of being Trump's antagonist. Well, and, and I think they have a deal. They, they have a deal to do it. Totally. And I, I'll tell you, though, part of it bothers me at this point. And I, I'm with you and Jim still. I'm still like if the election were today, I... I couldn't see myself not punching Trump on the ballot versus Kennedy. But to me, it's like a, I'm like a hairline leaning that way at this point. And it's because it's not because I dislike Trump at this point. I still like him. I still support him. I still think he's the best for the job. Um, Just, Knowing some of the stuff that we went through with him that I think were not good and were not beneficial, that was that those are some knowns that we have. Are those knowns going to be corrected? That I'm concerned about. But overall, when you watch this interview with Jim and 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 Bobby Kennedy, I mean Bobby Kennedy, he's talking about stuff. He's this guy's intelligent. Now, with their stuff, I disagree with him about, I'm sure. Okay. But this guy knows what's going on. And the thing is, is that that's what you're hearing in an interview with Bobby Kennedy. You're hearing about a lot of true things, a lot of stuff that's gone on with COVID and and the and the intelligence agencies and the, the whole thing with funding uh, all of this bioweapons research that became uh, decriminalized through the Patriot Act. I mean, this was stuff I didn't know about. And what did I get out of Trump's thing on CNN? This woman's a dingbat, nasty person. Right. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Beating all her the over the same head. Old it's same old narrative. That's it's exactly just like, right. It's like, just like if I go to a Trump uh, event tonight, and we've been to, to some of those together back in 2016. The speech, the only difference between then and now is that now he talks a lot about the election being stolen, you know, after it got stolen. But there's, and, and, and it's not to say that he's not good. And it's not to say that he wasn't a, you know, a, a good president. And he's, the guy is pro American and he's, I'm not going to say he's stupid. He knows things that are going on. He knows how to negotiate. He knows how to, how to fight. Obviously, he knows how to defend himself. But I'm sitting here scratching my head wondering, like, what does happen if he wins again? You know, does he drain the swamp? Does he take apart the administrative state? Or do we just get round two of round one? Do we get another bio attack? And does he, you know... Go back. Is he still surrounded by people who are enemies of the state? Well, he, Jeremy, let's be let's be honest. The whole question is moot anyway. Neither one of them can win unless the deep state allows it. Trump's probably the only one they'll actually allow in because they're probably more afraid of Kennedy. 
I'm standing by my But the prediction. elections are rigged. So Yeah, it, it, I agree with you, and that's why I think, and Kennedy said yesterday uh, that under no circumstances would he join uh, President Trump on a ticket. Because he doesn't want to actually win. My, my position <laughs> is that that's the only way for Trump to win again is to choose Kennedy. And the only way for Kennedy to get anywhere is to go with Trump, and it's a unifying. I think ticket. Trump wins. I think Trump wins because they want him in because of the chaos that they can uh, uh, develop around him as a result of him being there. They can tear the country down, just like they did the first time he was in. So that that is I, the well, that's I've, the that's the that's the dark lining uh, that that comes with Trump. I right? agree with. I agree with that. I've thought that same thought myself, and I started to rethink it a little bit just in that it may not be actually what they want, but there's no question it's something they're preparing for. So that- You know what? Wait, hold on, Jeremy. They want it. Think about that. The backlash. They were able to put brain-dead Biden in, stealing the election in front of everybody because Trump was the president. Okay, imagine what they'll do next. They'll be able to springboard anyone in that they want to. Putting Trump in is the strategic right move for them, frankly. Well, it's still, I, they're still better off if 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 their dummy is in the White House. I think I just think that they're they're prepared and they're preparing the same way they did last time. That if in the event he does get back in there, he will be neutralized and he will not be able to do the things that he wants to do. I, I I'm not sure if that that's their preference over just having another four years with Biden as long as he lives. And then having Kamala be there, you know, because, you know, they just have more control that way. But psychologically, well, maybe your point is correct, because if you, you have that pendulum swing. Yeah, as far as the op is concerned. <laughs> right. Where you have that pendulum swing, you have the probably let the probably keep the economy propped up right now until 2025. And, you know, once Trump's back in there for a year and then just let everything fall apart on his watch. Um, and they use him as a good bad guy uh, in that, I mean, notice how they let him be the bad guy on China, but then once he was gone, they didn't change any of the policies that he put in. They let they let Donald Trump be the bad cop. But I think secretly they all agreed with him. So he's useful to them in that respect. Um. Uh, it, uh, I want to, one thing I want to play just, you know, as I was trying to decide what I thought about the CNN segment with him, the, 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 what is it called? They keep tripping on the name of it. The The town hall. Presidential town hall. Yeah. uh, Was Rick Wilson's response to it. You know who Rick Rick Wilson is? Yeah. He's one of the co-founders of the Lincoln Lincoln Project. Project. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Real piece of work. Not a Trump supporter at all. Uh, but before I play this clip, we should just get this out of the way real quick. Did you like today's episode? Did you enjoy hearing an interview with Jim Hoff? Have you found value in what we've been discussing today? Well, then 
That is how we produce this podcast. On the We do it on the value for value model. If you found value, then we ask you to return value to the podcast. And Jeremy, there are a number of ways that people can return value to the podcast. They can write us at truth at truthbait.com. They can uh, send us ideas. They can send us criticism. They can send us compliments. Uh what else can they do? Jeremy, anybody out there have any talent? We need people who can do some artwork for us. And actually, Jeremy, I have somebody who has offered to step up. And I know that our executive producer, Anne in Wisconsin, in in, in your other room, <laughs> uh, has been uh, done amazing work for us. Uh, any graphics you see right now are because of her. Uh, but Al in Joliet has also uh, offered to step up and uh, uh, provide graphics for us if we need any. Oh, uh, what do you think? All right, Al. Yes. Yeah. Now, Al, unfortunately, that applause is all we can pay you <laughs> for <laughs> any of your efforts uh, and any publicity that we can that we can give you. Uh, but uh, yeah, Al, we would love it if you could help us with graphics. I've seen your work in the past. It's unbelievable. Jeremy, I've seen his work in the past. It is uh, He has produced some of the finest 3D realism I've ever seen. Uh, he's a graphic designer. He's tremendously talented. Worked for many years uh, 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 with a... With name brand ad agencies, wow! Uh, working on accounts with name brands, so he is—he's—he uh, knows what he's doing, and it's a uh, any opportunity we could have to pr- uh, platform any of his work is we're lucky to have it. So, well, Al, we we will take your application into consideration, and we'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think the way to do it, Al, is uh, when we release a podcast, it'll have the generic art on it. If you Listen to the episode, and you want to create a an album cover uh, for an episode, any episode, the current episode, past episodes. Send it, and we will uh, we'll substitute it out, uh, assuming it doesn't violate any of our high ethical standards. That would be amazing. I will say, uh, I can make an executive decision. You're hired. <laughs> That's right. I'm with you. Uh, and as long as you do not demand payment in the form of fiat currency, you're still hired. <laughs> he also sent us a comment on, um, this was an amazing comment, on our Unitarian segment. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I did not have time to really look into it much at all, but it was uh, thought-provoking. Let me let me read what he what he sent us. Uh, I'm just gonna he sent a lot, so I'm just gonna read a portion of it. Uh, Greetings, Andrew and Jeremy. I wanted to write to you guys to mention that there's a big unsaid reason why Biden strategically has kept our southern border open, in a direct uh, contrast with former President Trump's border wall. Since essentially all of these people from south of our border with Mexico uh, with Mexico are Roman Catholics. Increasing their numbers in the United States is a boost to both in boost both in revenue and bodies for both the Catholic Church and auxiliary organizations like Catholic Charities. I think he's I think he's absolutely right. It definitely sounds like it would. I have to insert a bell here. It definitely <laughs> sounds like it would be some some component of the overall play. 
I don't know the you know numbers wise like how much revenue does that generate how much of a of a factor is that it's it certainly seems like plausible that that, that would be part of the consideration of the push he adds a, uh, he adds a big reason why this additional revenue may be needed by the Catholic Church is legal bills for the priest issues which when I last checked was 3 billion dollars wow Wow. billion. And he said, on on the needing of bodies front, Catholic couples that for generations had four children are no more. They're essentially a distant memory. That I have heard. I've heard that recently, actually. Uh, Executive producer Ann was talking about that. We weren't sure if it's factual or not, but it almost seems as if more of the evangelical church has kind of taken over the role of larger families and the Catholic uh, church, Catholic families aren't. Uh, He also added something you're going to agree with in addition. Uh, Now we do have a possible presidential candidate who's also Catholic and that's Ron DeSantis and Ron might be taking a different tack on immigration, but he might also have the same view as his fellow Catholics, and I say this because he's sending these illegal immigrants north. Ultimately, these people are in the U.S. and will remain in the U.S. Whoa. You've talked about that before. Yes, I don't. I I get so angry when I see this. When we feel like, oh, this is so brilliant. We're we're playing by the same rules as they are, and we're sending all the illegals up to Kamala's house and up to the. Hamptons and wherever. I'm like, no, you're sending them, you're aiding and abetting the invasion. You're sending them further into the interior. That's the opposite of what you should be doing. I don't care. You know who? I don't, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't care about you trying to pretend you're using some Saul Alinsky tactics and you're getting even with them. You're not. You're helping them. So I'm with you on that, Al. And that was... You had already hired him. Now you're that's job security, Al. Well, I'm gonna give him a raise. <laughs> More <laughs> applause. Applause all around. Yeah. Uh so guess who agrees with Al? Steve Bannon. Now, the president's former chief strategist, Steve Bannon, tells CBS's Charlie Rose that he thinks religious leaders are motivated by money, not morals. When it comes to helping undocumented immigrants and opposing the president. CBS 2's Christy Fajardo is live in downtown L.A. with Bannon's controversial interview and reaction to it. Christy. Yeah, Rick, that interview doesn't air until Sunday, but Steve Bannon no doubt knew that some of his answers could put him at odds with his fellow Catholics, including some right here in Los Angeles. This is not about doctrine. This is about the sovereignty of a nation. And in that regard, They're just another guy with an opinion. It wasn't in the confessional, but a TV confession that has some Catholics saying Steve Bannon has some atoning to do. In a 60 Minutes interview, the former White House chief strategist said this about the Catholic bishops support of dreamers. They need illegal aliens to fill the churches. That's it's obvious on the face of it. That's what that's what the entire Catholic bishops condemning. They have an economic interest. They have an economic interest in unlimited immigration, unlimited illegal immigration. That is plainly logically wrong okay this is the part in the report where i I nearly fell out of my chair 
It's the news media defending the Catholic Church. <laughs> so when they're taking time off from reporting on priests uh, behaving badly, they are they're now defending. They turned on a dime to defend. How dare! How dare Steve Bannon attack the Catholic Church? Because when you care for the vulnerable and you care for the most uh, maligned people in a society, which the church is doing throughout the world, that does not fill your coffers. It drains them. And that's when you then go to the government and say, we need help with all these people. And the government gives you billions of dollars and you pay off all those lawsuits. LMU theology professor Cecilia Gonzalez-Andrew says Bannon, who is also Catholic, needs to brush up on the gospel and says the church's position is consistent with the Christian's duty to love thy neighbor. I was concerned that Catholic teaching is being so misrepresented by someone with such a big megaphone. Bannon's words are sure to get a lot of attention, especially in Los Angeles, home to the largest archdiocese in the nation. At Our Lady of the Angels Cathedral, parishioners we spoke with wish he'd stay out of religion. That's uncalled for. That's a negative connotation when it comes to the Catholic Church. The media is so concerned about <laughs> negative connotations when it comes to the Catholic Church. Wow. Yep. So, the, so that's how you know that the Catholic Church is in on it. So the open border <laughs> is actually a bailout for the Catholic Church. That's certainly one of the elements of it. And it's yeah. a bailout to big corporations. Yeah, I, I think it's an element for sure. I'm not sure it's the single driving factor, but I think it's definitely an element of it. Uh, the, listen to that content that was just in our Ask segment. That wasn't even part of the main show, ladies and gentlemen. If you tune out when we start to do the uh, value for value ask, you're missing out. Uh, and, and, and I love that this was content that came from, from, a, uh, yeah. from an active listener, from a producer, from, a, from our... Uh, now our uh, resident graphic artist, <laughs> uh, if we could be so lucky. Um, th that is what this show is about. Uh, so thank you very much uh, to all of our producers, but uh, uh, thank you for uh, for that comment, uh, Al and Joliet. And uh, the only reason I found the Bannon comment was because Al sent me that, and I was curious and started going down the rabbit hole, and there he was. That's great. Very, very, very good. Good work, Al. Um we had a few other people wrote in about Tucker going to Twitter. Um, supposedly Tucker's going to have a show on Twitter. Have you heard that? I have. I didn't clip it, but I, I saw that there was... Uh, I didn't clip it either. I watched 30 seconds of it, and he basically was talking about how Twitter is the last bastion of free speech left in the world. And I just was like, Wow. <laughs> because like they were in really good shape up until a few months ago before uh the new free speech hero elon musk bought it it was the complete opposite of that um but yeah, why didn't uh, he go to substack he could have uh, he could go anywhere i don't know and twitter's but not some, exclusive but he doesn't here, have a, i don't think he has a deal with them so he can still no go i saw on drudge report that there's no deal elon musk said there's no deal basically he just is going to be uh trying to have a, a show where he runs uh, on advertising dollars so i don't but know something had to have wooed him because he, he, he could have gone to substack well he could, you know, do you want to know my theory after him no 
You don't want we to have know a, my theory? We have theory? an entire show. We talk about things. I have no no curiosity about your theory. <laughs> yes, I want to hear your theories. I don't know. <laughs> First thing I thought was this whole thing suspect. Because it's yeah. like here, you know, you you've got everybody. It's it's almost like let's make like let's split up the Fox viewership and let's get all the people who will stay with Fox watching Fox and we can program them with our programming. And then let's get all the people who are going to roll with Twitter over here on Twitter, and then we can give them their programming. We can program them over there on Twitter. And see, because because do you believe well, Elon I Musk have a whole is a free- segment. This you're opening a whole can of worms for me because I have a segment basically ready to go. Okay, uh, that's been ready for a week or so. Since our I'm not ready to, we're not going to do it now because it's it, okay. Yeah, I think we'll what we'll the what we'll the uh, maybe we'll platform it on Tuesday, uh, where um, it uh, it focuses in on Tucker's father, and thus t- Tucker as a result. But Tucker's father, very 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 likely. Look, I'm not saying that he's a spook. Uh, but I am saying that he's a little bit spooky. Okay, so that's great. Then that's uh, Tucker's father, who's we, still alive, actually. We had uh, producer Dan King had had sent the clip in, and Will O'Dell in Wisconsin, another listener, had uh, sent it in sent in some tweets asking us oh. for our thoughts on that. So thank you for th- sending that in. So That's thank fantastic. you guys. And uh, then we'll, we, you got a little bit of a heads up of what then we will probably be talking about. Next Just last Tuesday. comment on that. I don't know if you caught that, that, that Tucker said recently, you know, he was talking about, you know, his, his journey uh, to becoming Tucker Carlson. And he mentioned very casually that he applied for a job at the CIA. Did you catch that? I didn't. I, I, am, I have not heard that, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll, ha- I'll have that. He very casually drops that. And one thing I noticed was he never said he didn't get it. And I kind of wondered if that was a little bit of damage control, that he was being a little preemptive getting that out there. Huh. And I, I know that I'm I'll tighten up my tinfoil hat there because I'm basically saying that you know Tucker kind of looks like I said, he's looking a little spooky. Well, you better be careful because I know some of our listeners really like Tucker. Uh I, I, hey, and uh Maybe we'll lose some of them. <laughs> <I hope not. laughs> because we are not going to avoid the truth. <laughs> that is correct. Real quick, let me play this last thing. This was uh, this was a response to Trump on CNN. And when I watched this from Rick Wilson, I was left feeling, you know, even if we were all just subject to a WWF match, uh, you know, and we're all in the audience getting played... <laughs> being entertained. This response was so good that I, I was left feeling like, okay, maybe it was a net, it was all a net positive. Rick Wilson responding to Trump being on CNN. We're in a break now from the presidential uh, town hall for, with CNN, Caitlin Collins, and whatever the f- 
they thought they were going to get out of this, they instead have set a match to democracy once again. You are letting an insane person stand there and make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about rape. You make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about abortion, when he calls an African-American police officer a thug. This insanity should be pulled off the f***ing air. Chris Licht, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is astoundingly bad for the brand of CNN. It's astoundingly bad for the country. And it's astoundingly bad, honestly, folks, for every other Republican candidate in the primaries. Wrap that shit up. It's done. You saw this tonight. You know you can't beat him on the stage. Everybody else, oars up. Time to go to work because he's going to be the nominee. This shit is un believable. I've never seen anything like it. It is a disaster of the highest degree. Well, <laughs> that's him over the target. <laughs> he is Trump is a, over the target. Rick is looking up. <laughs> he, he is a friendly sounding chap, is he not? <laughs> uh, I mean, that guy is panicked, but but that's he's he sounds panicked. He's not panicked. He's thrilled. This will be the be He's been dead in the water with his Lincoln Project. You know what you know, I he like may not be able to do it? Lincoln Project, but th he's going to be spun right back up into business. He's thrilled about this. There's one thing in there I hope he's right about is that all of this is bad for every other Republican. Well, good. Correct. Good. Th that's right. They deserve it after what they did to they him. They deserve it. At that, I hope you're right, Rick Wilson. And somebody ought to wash his mouth out with soap. I, I hope that you feel like I bleeped that out oh, enough. Oh no, I, I can, think it was. I can bleep. go back and expand. No, some I of mean it, it was. Uh, it was bleeped. Uh, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's okay. I'm just saying. I mean, I right. I agree with you. I, I, I you know when you don't use that language all the time, or you know try to not use it ever. I try to not use that language any ever. There's been a. There were times I've been guilty of that. Um, but when you don't use it all the time, it's quite jarring, even with that beep in there, you know? And it's like, it, to use it that way on television, or is that on TV? It was on Twitter. The Hot. only place where free speech is left. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he must be talking like that all the time. <laughs> okay, so before we started this podcast, you know that I would let the expletives fly. And you made it an absolute point. You were very concerned about our ability to do this program because it was extremely important to you that we not do that on this podcast, that you don't want that anywhere in your life, and uh, and especially anything that you're that you're a part of. And uh, and of course I said Jeremy, I would love to. I'm going to respect that. I want you on this program. I need your brain, man. I need. I need your analytical powers, your sense of humor, your genius wit, and uh, so of course I'm going to do whatever you need to 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 make this a place where you're you're comfortable uh, uh, sharing your your uh, participating. And so it's been a bit of an effort for me. You know, I've had to go back in and. <laughs> make some edits occasionally to remove some some uh, uh, flubs. But uh, what I can say is that having now adapted that into my life, uh, uh, when somebody is speaking with that level of profanity, it really jumps out at me as just mental laziness. Yeah. I had to exert some effort 
to find other words to express myself. Now, sometimes I fall silent and I'm clearly um, I'm mental tilt and unable to find the words <laughs> to replace my vulgarity. But then I, don't, I still don't say it. Uh, and I feel like you've done a real service to me by making me do that because I, I, I think that people are more effective communicators when they don't result to vulgarity. Uh, and that's really, that's all he was reduced to. That, that's why it was so funny to me <laughs> that Cliff jumped out yeah, at me. Yeah, like, I mean, does that, sound like a, does that sound like a smart, intelligent guy? No. No. I mean, it sounds like a total idiot. Yeah. So, like, he's sitting there saying, get Trump off the stage, who's insane and whatever. You're not making a good case, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't give him any help uh, Rick Wilson don't change a thing <laughs> yeah keep it up and keep listening to the Truth Made podcast <laughs> uh, well I would I think this was a, a fantastic show today episode 25 what an anniversary uh, did, did you even hear me crunching on my popcorn during the interview <laughs> no I've I been didn't. eating it this whole time <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need to floss, baby. That was a, a great interview. I'm thank you for for setting that up. Uh, I, I didn't even think to call Jim for an interview after his oh, interview. When I saw that RFK interview, I was uh, I immediately uh, started texting him, Jim. We need to talk to you because that was uh, he, he he dropped amazing. Bro, he broke amazing news. Well, and uh, now, and now we're probably gonna boost his website numbers like crazy when he's on the Truth Bay podcast. I didn't want to make him feel beholden to us or indebted to us in any way, <laughs> so I didn't want to rub it in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, write us at truth at truthbait.com. Truthbait, where we come to you every Tuesday and Friday without fail. To the best of our ability, and please share the show. Everybody, share the show. Uh, it's working. We are seeing the numbers go through the roof. After I checked, uh, after episode twenty-three, we had two thousand downloads. <laughs> I. I think that number might be a little bit inflated. (laughs) There's no way you listen to it 2,000 times on your own. (laughs) I am probably responsible. My quality control is responsible responsible for at least three of those downloads. Yeah. Well, uh, it's working, everybody. Keep sharing the show. Thank you. Keep writing in. This is going to make it a lot better. It's working. People write it is in, working. send stories. It's, it, you can't just rely on uh, our two small brains to find everything out there that's important to talk about or not important to talk about, but interesting enough to bring to the podcast. What's our secret work going to be this week? This, this Friday. This Friday. Uh, the secret word for episode 25 is Bente Cinco. <laughs> so you're making an appeal to all of the new Chicago residents on the South Side. Bente Cinco. Episode Bente Cinco. Please book uh, uh, Paul for 
to talk about that. Yeah, talk he could talk about uh, the Jordan Neely thing in New York too. So that's a big one. Yeah, I I think a lot of people want to hear from us on that one. People are just at the edge of their seat waiting for us to comment on all of the news. Isn't it great? Bring in the truth. Yeah, no, really the most rewarding thing is the contributions we are getting from the listeners. You're seeing it in the shows. It is absolutely making the show far better than you and I can do on our own. That's the best part. It's the most rewarding part of it. Yeah. Knowing that people want to chime in and participate is, that's what makes it worth doing for free. (laughs) For free so far. So far. There's movement on that. I will uh, uh, I'll update you on that after the show. Thank you, folks. And now back into the sea of clickbait with you all. <laughs> <laughs>